Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you. What a great house full of people today that have come just to celebrate. And I've just sensed your, your worship and your, your desire to, to celebrate God in this season. So thank you for that. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. First book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, is where we're going to be today. And if you'd like to use the Bibles we provided underneath your seat or in front of you, page 807 um, is where you can turn to get the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Why don't you do this? Um, we've done it probably once already, but I want you to do it again. As you're finding page 807, Matthew, chapter 1, why don't you turn to your left and right and tell somebody, Merry Christmas. You can say it nice and big. Nice and big. Tell two or three people. Come on. Merry Christmas to everyone. We are in this final week leading up to Christmas. What an exciting time. We'd like to just welcome our guests that are here, our guests that are online, our digital congregation that gathers with us every week. Broad River Church, can you just help me welcome our guests that are with us today? We're so happy that you are here. Welcome. Thanks for making the decision to be here. Um, after our second gathering, which is the second gathering right now, after our service today, um, for some of you that have been coming around a little bit longer than maybe a week or two, maybe you've been coming for a little while, and you have this sense that uh, you want to come closer to the center of what's happening here and, and be maybe become a member of the church or at least find out more about the church and what the church is up to, what our vision is, we'd like to invite you to welcome party that's happening right after our service today. You don't need to have RSVP'd to be there. We serve you lunch. We have child care available. We'll go over the history of the church. We'll go over the vision of the church and give you the opportunity to just know what it looks like to be a part here. And we would love to have you a part. As I look across the room today, there's some people in this room that should definitely be at welcome party. So if you have the kind of this idea that maybe that he's talking to me, I am talking to you. I definitely want you to be there at welcome party right after our service today. About 1225, uh, we'll be gathering back in this same room for welcome party. Everybody say welcome party. All right, today is week number three of a series that we're called The Missing Peace, and the idea behind the series has been that we're living in this time where peace, whenever we find it, kind of feels scarce. We, we find these kind of stolen, quick moments in the day, and we find them, they, we need to grab onto them quick because it doesn't seem like there's a lot to go around, and the, the idea behind the series that we read through all the scripture is that peace is not really supposed to be that elusive. Uh, peace is actually something that's uh, available to you. In fact, the Bible says that it's, it's a fuller, less flaky version of peace than the world gives, that the peace that God gives is different than the world gives. Peace isn't supposed to be elusive, but I know that it's a, it's, it's a battle to, to find it sometimes and maybe especially this time of year. So as we go into this next really awesome next week, I want us to know that peace is not a mirage. It's not elusive because everybody hear this, peace is a person, right? When we write peace, we, we write it with a capital P because it's a peace is a person. Last week, we talked about how we can have peace even when the people in our lives are driving us crazy, right? Yeah, even when it's that... So, so, now, listen, if you were a husband that just did that sitting next to your wife, we have a marriage conference that we just scheduled, <laughs> like just now. Uh, today, I want to talk about finding peace while we wait. Asking the question, God, why are you making me wait? Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read verse 20. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Anybody here thankful for a God that never leaves us or forsakes us? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've gathered us in from all sorts of different directions. Not everybody that's arrived here has arrived believing the same thing. We've all come from different backgrounds. We've got different fears that we've carried in, different weights, different opportunities, different obstacles. But Lord, you have a specific, clear word for everyone that's here. Everyone is here on purpose, for a purpose. So please speak to us today. Start with me, Lord Jesus, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. God, you're my rock and my redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray it. Everybody said amen. How many would you agree with me today that one of the worst feelings we ever experience in life is to wait? Like, we, we, we don't... We don't like to wait. The, the, this guy down the street didn't like to wait so much on his yard that he installed AstroTurf in place of his yard, right? He was looking for instant gratification. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Pat's over here like, I, I could have gone all day and not heard that joke. So, But you'll appreciate it later, Pat. I promise you're going to appreciate that later. We don't like to wait, right? Especially... When we're waiting, it feels like waiting on God. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about today? Sometimes it feels like God's taking too long. Sometimes it feels like God's not listening. Sometimes when it gets really bad, it feels like God has forgotten us. I, I know that in our lives, my, my wife and I have been praying for, for her health for many years, and Jacinta has had these intractable migraines that really have affected her life in a major way. And, and so we pray, and, and, and she's had times where she's better, but she still deals with them, and so we're still praying. It feels like we're, we're still waiting, and we pray for other people for headaches, and they've gone away immediately, but in, in her case, we prayed, and she still has those things. Others can identify that you've been praying for different things in your life, maybe praying for a, a job that has better benefits, or a job that pays better money. Some of you have been praying for healing within a, a hurting ma marriage that you have. Some of you have battled with depression for many years, and so you've been praying, God, I, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be controlled in this way, and it still feels like you're, you're waiting. Some of you have been praying for a spouse, waiting so long, and, and it comes to a point where you start to wonder if God even cares or even if God's there. And I want you to know that it, this is exactly what people felt like in the Bible as they were waiting for a Savior. Because God had promised to send who he called the Messiah, this chosen, this anointed one. He said, I'm going to send a Savior and nothing. 
In fact, I want to show you how long God's people waited this morning. We would go all the way back to the beginning in in this place called the garden. We can see it in Genesis chapter 1. God places Adam and Eve in this garden. It's a perfect place, but they fall away quickly. Adam and Eve sinned against God. By the way, this is the first chapter of the Bible. They sin against God, and so they're ashamed. They become disconnected from God. And so we get this promise at the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3, kind of an odd verse where it says, God says, the seed of a woman will crush the serpent's head. We get this promise in the third chapter of the Bible. What's happening? God all the way then is promising to send a Savior. And then what happened next? Centuries passed. In fact, it would be 700 years before this prophet named Isaiah says something that kind of seems similar. He prophesies and says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. A promise that sounds like the first promise. The the serpent's, serpent's head will be crushed by the seed of a woman. Now the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. What's happening? God is promising to send a Savior, and God's people continue to wait. Come on, can anybody relate to feeling like you're waiting? And, and the question that emerges is, what is God doing while we are waiting? There, there's this period of history that's not recorded in the Bible. If you, if you like to geek out about the Bible like I do, you can call it the intertestamental period, right? It's the 400 years that happened in between the last book of the Old Testament on the left-hand side, Malachi, and the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. 400 years that are there, and during this time, as far as we have recorded, God didn't speak. Now, of course, we know, if we know anything about God, that, of course, God was speaking, but we don't have any record. God is not speaking. And this is even worse, right? Before, as the people of God were waiting, at least God was talking. He was prophesying. The serpent's head's going to be crushed by the the woman's seed. The virgin's going to conceive and bring forth a son. And then all of a sudden, 400 years of silence. Sometimes it feels like when we're waiting, even worse, not only are we waiting, but we are getting no word from God. Like, like, I'm just looking for an answer here. I'm just looking for some sort of sign. In fact, Lord, if I could just catch a feeling here, right? Just anything. And what? Just silence. I want you to write down something in two parts today on your card. And if you don't come prepared to take notes, I'd like you to change that and start coming prepared to take notes. First of all, write this down. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean God is absent. And then here's a second thing I want you to add to that. While you are waiting, God is working. Come on, somebody needs to hear this this morning. While you're waiting, God is working. Okay, well, what is he doing? There's a a verse in the New Testament that gives us some context about God's timing. I love this verse because it also just happens to connect really well to the season that we're in. It's Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Put, put verse 4 back up there. I want them to see this part that's highlighted. Verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time, somebody say fullness of time, 
when the fullness of time had come, this, this phrase fullness of time is from the, the Greek. It's, 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 it's this phrase pleroma chronal, which means that there is this completion to time. There is this full measure that time has a way of coming to the perfect time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, in a different version of the Bible says this, but when the time was right, God sent his son. And here we read, but when the fullness of time had come, if you dig deeper down into this, and, and one thing that's incredible about Hebrew and Greek, even as it relates to English, is there's so many more layers to what's happening. A deeper layer down beneath Pleroma Cronau, the fullness of time, it says this, when the time was fully pregnant. When the time was fully pregnant. Now, I never had any children myself, I never birthed any children myself, but I lived with a woman who birthed three children. I still live with her. And uh, I can tell you, even being very careful, which you should always do when you're talking about women having babies. You should always be careful, okay? But I can tell you there was a difference between her being pregnant and then the two or three weeks and three or four days before she had that baby when she was fully pregnant. There was a, a difference to that stuff, right? It was, it was different. When the fullness of time had come, when time was fully realized, when time was fully pregnant. Won't you track with me here? In, in Genesis, we see that the, the seed of a woman will crush the serpent's head. By the way, this is just for free. Everywhere else in the scripture, it's the seed of men that will do things. It's the seed of a man, but here we have the seed of a woman. That's different. Come on, somebody say that's different. We find something else that's different. Jesus is born of a virgin. Why is it important that Jesus was born of a virgin? Because we, we know that he didn't inherit the sin nature of his earthly father. Why is that important? Because if somebody's going to come to save me from my sins, I need to make sure it's somebody that, that's not sinning. Right? The only person that can save me is someone that ha doesn't have a sin nature. And so he has the nature of his heavenly father. Come on, anybody thankful for the grace of God here today? Amen. So for centuries, God is promising to send a Savior. And when did he fulfill that promise? Get this, when the time was just right. When the fullness of time had come. Just at the perfect moment, God sent his Son. Now, if we look back, we can see why God waited. We can see, when we look back, why God sent Jesus at the perfect time. Does anybody here know that God's timing is always perfect and his ways are always good? Every good and perfect gift, Mike read it earlier, comes from God, the Father of lights. In him, there is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. God's timing is perfect. His ways are always good. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean God is absent. While we are waiting, God is working. Did you get that part? This intertestamental period, just a quick history. This 400 years of silence, come to find out it wasn't all that silence. Anybody ever heard of Alexander the Great? Alexander the Great, within 12 years, conquered the entire known world. Right, the, the, the world that you could know uh, by connecting and going from this place, everything was conquered within 12 years. By the way, that's how you get the title great added to your name. You conquer the whole world, right? So he conquers the whole world. Why is this significant for what we're talking about today? Because for the first time in history, all of a sudden there is this common language that's being experienced. 
a common language. Those days, almost everyone in this known world began to speak a little bit of Greek. What else happens in this intertestamental period? During this time, the Old Testament, what we call the left-hand side of our Bible, the Old Testament, was only available in Hebrew for all of this time, but then it was translated in 280 B.C. into Greek. What else happened during this 400 years? There's this new way of learning that emerged. Anybody ever heard of the Socratic method? What is the Socratic method? It was this way of learning that was based on people being encouraged to ask questions. Then in 63 B.C., the Romans come in and conquer the Greeks, 63 B.C., and now we have this new thing called Pax Ramona, which means the peace of Rome. Come to find out, the peace of Rome basically meant if you get in our way, we're going to roll over the top of you and conquer you. So not all peace is equal, okay? The peace of Rome. Why is this significant? Because all of a sudden, there are these Romans developing these roads and highways that go throughout the empire and connect everybody to together because of these roads and highways G jews who were forbidden to live in jerusalem now are spread out the word is scattered it's a diaspora scattered throughout all of the world among the gentiles i want you to track me for the first time in history get this everybody could read a bible language they understood for the first time in history, people were being encouraged to ask questions. This is important because God's going to send an answer, so they need to know that they need to be asking the right questions. For the first time in history, the good news of a Savior could travel in a common language because there are roads and highways, and it was going to be able to travel through Jewish people spread throughout the entire Roman world. Listen, while God's people were waiting, God was working. It might seem sometimes like things are in a holding pattern. Everybody know what a holding pattern is? This is when you're taking a flight and you're getting back to where you're going or you're headed, and, and you get there and you're so excited, and it's, it's going to be touched down in just a few minutes, and then all of a sudden the guy comes and you can never understand them when they come on, right? It's like, I just want to let everybody know that we're going to be stuck in a holding pattern for a few minutes. And listen, I've been in holding pattern. What's a holding pattern? You got to the airport, you're above it in a plane, but you can't land yet because there's no room on the, runway, on the runway. And so I've been in holding patterns where we were there for 10, 20, 30 minutes just circling, waiting to go down. We had arrived at the place, but does anybody ever feel like you're in a holding pattern? Right? It seems like God's given you the silent treatments. I want you to hear this very clearly this morning when it feels like God has given you the silent treatment. Somebody here needs to know that you're not alone. Somebody here needs to know that when it feels like God has given you the silent treatment that, that you uh, are, are not a spiritual failure. God didn't stop speaking to you because you're a spiritual failure. I'm thinking about Abraham and his wife Sarah who were promised after many years that they're going to give birth to a son and they only had to wait for 25 years until Isaac was being able to be held in their arms. 25 years. I'm thinking about Joseph, a, a man of great faith, a father of our faith who's promised when he's a young man that he's going to have greatness. He's the favorite of his father. He had to wait for 13 years, including being thrown into prison before he steps into his destiny, before he rules in Egypt. I'm thinking about a woman who's so very sick. Uh, she's, she's called having an issue of blood. This is on the right-hand side of your Bible. The woman with an issue of blood. And it says that she went to see doctors for 12 years. Come on, somebody say 12 years. Not getting better. 
The Bible says she, she, got, she got rid of all of her resources in the process. She spent all the money. She went to all the doctors. There's a man in the right-hand side of your Bible who didn't walk for 38 years until he's finally able to walk. I want somebody to hear this today, that God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And that while you are waiting, God is working Listen, while you are waiting on it, there is an answer that is being formed. While you are waiting on it, there is a, a miracle that is coming into place. While you are waiting for provision, God's provision is coming into place. Maybe it's not ready yet. Maybe God's still working on it. It can be an emotional thing as we wait. I, I know I pray for so many people that people waiting on a husband and waiting on a wife and they've been praying to find a husband and find and find a wife and said pastor not only am i not finding a husband or wife i'm not even dating right i, I i've been preparing i've been doing all the stuff and i'm still waiting for somebody else it might be a spouse that you're married to that isn't walking with God and you pray for years and years that they would come to walk with God and it feels like nothing's happening or maybe you prayed that you be married but you're still single or you prayed and you are married but you're struggling you're wondering if God hears your prayers there's people in this room that have prayed for a baby for months after months and years people in this room have been praying for a promotion I, I've been praying for some people in this room for 18 to 24 months that are, that are saying I just need something to relieve this financial stress people looking for healing for various people in their families for various things and listen I want you to hear it while you're waiting on it sometimes it's not ready and let me let me tell you something else that I've had to learn in my life sometimes while you're waiting you're not ready sometimes before God does something for you he's going to have to do something in you and during this time, it's a time where we develop this, this patience. I took a, a test for patience this morning. It came back negative, okay? I, it was just a rapid test. It was a rapid test, so I'm waiting for the... During this time, one thing that happens while we're waiting is that God would desire to draw you closer to him. He, he would desire during this time that you would come to depend on him. This is something we're going to be doing in 2023, everybody. We're going to be focusing on drawing closer to God and depending on him. Let me just say this. Don't waste the waiting. Isaiah 64, verse 4, says this. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived no eye has seen any God beside you, I love this, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Can somebody help me out? He acts on behalf of those who what? God acts. He always acts. He always moves. Somebody say always. He always responds. He always initiates. He's always perfect. He always interrupts things that need to be interrupted. God's ways are always good. His timing is always perfect. You can trust him. He's not ignoring you. He's not neglecting you. He hasn't forgotten you. He loves you. 
The Bible says he knows even the desires of your hearts. And just because God seems silent doesn't mean that he's absent. While you're waiting, God is working. One of the things I love about Christmas, there's so many things I love about Christmas. By the way, there's some people that don't, don't like Christmas. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't get to be in that crowd, okay? I don't want to hear anybody out in the lobby t- talking about I hate Christmas. This is, this is it, y'all. One thing I love about it is that Christianity, it shows how Christianity is, following Jesus is unique among all the other world religions and you know that we respect people of various world religions, so this is not about that, but every other religious system, and without exception, you have people pursuing their God. You have people in every other religion who are, are trying to find a way to win favor with their God. So if I can be on my best behavior, if I can do all the right things, if I can perform all the right rituals, if I can stack up enough good works, then, then maybe uh, I'll get close to God. So they're, they're working to pursue their God. But listen, as followers of Jesus, we serve a God who pursues us. And when the time was just right, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Advent, the season that we're in right now is not the season of Christmas. It's the season of Advent. When does the season of Christmas start? Next Sunday. I'm losing my voice, but I'm going to get through it. This is the season of Advent. What's the word that we attach to Advent the most often? Do you know what the word is? It's a season of waiting. As we look towards Christmas, we're waiting. Somebody needs to hear this. Christmas is not something you can do. Some of you have even said it to your spouse or somebody, I don't know how we're going to do Christmas this year. And I get it, and I know we want to do good things for our family. We want to have nice parties. Listen, Christmas is not something you can do. It's not something you can check off your list. Christmas is something that God did. Christmas is something God is doing. And Christmas is something that God will do. Our parts in all of that as we look towards next Sunday and the celebration of Jesus' birth is just to wait. Sometimes what God calls us to do is wait. You're not a spiritual failure when you're waiting. You're not a spiritual failure. You're not alone as you wait when it feels like things are silent. It's a time of waiting to watch what God will do. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Watch this. Instead, he is patient with you. You thought you were being patient with him? He's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What if the God you are waiting for is waiting on you? What if all this time you were thought you were waiting on God the whole time? He said, I've just. I've just been waiting on you. 
Would you close your eyes? I want to pray with you all across this room. Lord Jesus, thank you for how clear your word is to us this morning. I'm so privileged, Lord God, to deliver the greatest message that's ever been told. That while I was running away, while I was doing everything to reject you, while I had everything but you on my mind, you were pursuing me. Thank you for the season that we're entering into and what it means for every single person in this room that we are not alone. All of history swings on this hinge that late in time, behold him come. The offspring of a virgin's womb has come to us. Emmanuel, the one who is God with us, who has laid down his life for us. Lord, I thank you that as I was speaking today and I was talking about things we were waiting on, that it began to populate things inside of the minds of people in this room. And I, I just want to ask you to reassure everybody that's in this room this morning that while they are waiting for that thing, those promises that they heard so clearly from God, that while they are waiting, it's not a silent period, that there are things going on, that God, you are putting things in place, you are accomplishing things, that while they are waiting, you are working. I pray you encourage the hearts of people who have been frustrated, the the hearts of people who have been sad, the hearts of people that even in this Christmas season have experienced some anger because they said, I've just been waiting and nothing is happening. Lord, reassure us that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Reassure us, Jesus. Thank you for your encouragement to your people today. Comfort my people, you said. We're encouraged, Lord, as we hear about your birth. As I continue praying, I just want to pray for one more prayer for some people in this room who have never made the decision to follow Jesus. And as I was speaking today, you you realize there's still a step I need to take, and he has pursued you. He has come for you, and now you have the opportunity to make a decision to follow him. He doesn't ask you to do any particular good works. He doesn't ask you to put anything in order necessarily at the beginning except to say, I I believe in you, Jesus, and I want to follow you. If that's you today and you want to make that decision, I can't think of a better time than this Christmas season to give your heart to Jesus. I'd love to say a prayer and lead you in a prayer. And if that's you, there's nobody looking around right now. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. It's an opportunity for you to be with God. I'd love to lead you in a prayer, and I'd I'd really love to know who I'm praying with this today. So while nobody's looking around, would you just let me know if you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus just by lifting your hand where you are today. Come on, lift your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for these hands. Amen. You can put your hand down. Broad River Church, what a privilege it is to pray with those people who have lifted their hands today, making this decision. We cry this prayer out from our hearts in a new way. Especially if you raise your hand, repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray it together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you now I give you my heart turn me back to you I want to follow you all of my days 
I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.